Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I almost forgot the name of my own podcast. I am Dana K. White. I share my personal deslobification process as I figure out ways to keep my own home under control. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work for real life, for real people. And in real life for real people, and maybe in real people too. Uh, thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 394, and I'm going to call it Appreciate or Depreciate. It's your choice. It's technically Thanksgiving Day as this comes out, but this is not a Thanksgiving podcast. Okay. Uh, I was thinking about, oh, I have a podcast coming out on Thanksgiving, like I do every single year for the last 10 years. And it just kind of spurred in me like thinking about being thankful for things and how that affects how they work in my house. And I'm not, this is not a Thanksgiving podcast and I'm not calling it a Thanksgiving podcast because if I do, then people will be like, oh, it's not Thanksgiving. I'm not going to listen. But it did spur me to thinking about appreciating things and how there's the other meaning of like things appreciate in value. We're going to get into the actual definitions of these words, but how things either appreciate in value, like their value grows or they depreciate, mean, meaning their value goes away and lessens, right? And uh, it made me think about one of you sent me on Instagram a reel of Seinfeld, who is my favorite, right? But in it, I'm not going to do the whole bit, right? Because I can't do it like he can. I mean, honestly, let's, I, I can, <laughs> I could totally do it, but I probably shouldn't, right? But he's talking about how Everything on earth exists in different stages of becoming garbage. He says, your home is a garbage processing center. Like it starts out in the open, things start out in the open, then they move to a cupboard or a drawer, and then they move to the garage. And that's like part of the trashification of all of your stuff. And then ultimately the storage unit where you like pay to go visit your stuff. Anyway, it's a very funny bit. Because he's Seinfeld. Y'all know I'm a big Seinfeld fan, right? Anyway, I was like, yeah, exactly. Everything is ultimately turning into trash, which sounds just so awful, right? And I'm not I'm not talking about your specific stuff. Of course not. Your thing that you're convinced would never be trash to anyone ever. I That's the thing I'm not talking about. I'm talking about other people's stuff, not yours. Anyway, we're going to talk, though, about that because it did make me think about it. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Okay, so let's talk about the definition of appreciate according to the dictionary, right? So it's a verb, and there are several definitions. One, the number one definition is to recognize the full worth of. 
It can also mean be grateful. Okay, those are kind of the same definition. Recognize the full worth of or be grateful for it. Two, uh, appreciate means you understand a situation fully. Like you recognize the full implications of. So you can appreciate something. You can totally recognize the value of it. You can be grateful for it. You can also understand the full implications of keeping it. That's also another version of appreciating, right? Like you appreciate the situation. You appreciate what's going on here. That's what we're talking about there. Uh, And it can mean rise in value or price, meaning it goes up in value. Then there's depreciate, depreciate. First definition for that is diminish in value over a period of time. Can mean like, you know, the pound is expected to depreciate against the dollar. I was so tempted to do an accent, but I didn't. It can also mean if you depreciate something, disparage or belittle something. Okay. So how does this work with our stuff and how can thinking of it this way maybe help us change how we view some things? Because value is a real issue, both monetary value that you assume something has, artistic value that something has, like this is a good item. This is a, an item that I should appreciate. Maybe because other people think it's really cool or I think it's really cool. Or maybe I feel special because I'm the only one who appreciates this item, right? I don't know why I'm thinking of this meme, but it made me laugh. And it was something about, and I, I appreciated this meme. I, I, I fully understood the value of it. And it was something like, um, all of my relationship issues are rooted in the fact that I was the quiet girl that the teacher would sit all the bad boys next to so that they would behave in class or something like that. I think it was like my issues with um, wanting to fix someone in a relationship are rooted in that. I, I, y'all, Bucky and Jimmy, when I was in first grade, Bucky and Jimmy would get in trouble all the time. I now wonder what his actual name was, but his name was Bucky, right? And Bucky and Jimmy, the teacher set them on either side of me. There's such a chance I've told this story before, but she sat them on either side of me at lunch and I loved it. I had so much fun because Bucky and Jimmy were always trying to make each other laugh. Well, what does that do? It made me laugh, right? Like I love a funny guy. So I did not fall in love with Jimmy and Bucky, but I just had so much fun. And I remember the teacher being like so disappointed that it didn't have the effect that she thought it would, it actually egged them on because now I was laughing hysterically at all the stuff that they were trying to do when she had put me in between them because I was the well-behaved one. Anyway, I'm well-behaved, but I appreciate a good joke. And Bucky and Jimmy were pretty funny. Anyway, appreciate. See, there you go. I saw the value of Bucky and Jimmy's humor, that the teacher did not see the value in it. Anyway, but we talk about value, right? Like, so there's monetary value. There's emotional value. Like there are things that are legitimately valuable to me that would not be valuable to someone else. And so a lot of our clutter issues tend to be caught up in us 
appreciating things. And and sometimes there's this pride that comes when I appreciate something that other people don't. So that ver- that definition would be the understand a situation fully, right? Like I look at something and I'm like, I understand why this thing has value. I fully recognize why this thing is is important. Okay? So I think they don't fully understand why this thing is valuable. And so it makes me feel superior to them in some ways. And in reality, I also kind of get what used to drive me crazy, which was other people fully understanding a situation that I was like, what are you talking about? When they were fully understanding the situation, looking at my house going, this is why you can't keep it under control, Dana, because you have stuff that has no actual real value in your life. But anyway, so just looking at things from those those perspectives, that's kind of what we're talking about today. And we're talking about Bucky and Jimmy. And whatever else happens to come into my brain, happy Thanksgiving, everyone in the U.S. Those of you who are not in the U.S., I know you're not celebrating it, but I'm still wishing you a happy Thanksgiving. I hope that's okay. All right. Uh, So we had the definition of those two things, but the reality of stuff is that it is depreciating. That's the Seinfeld bit, right? Like real humor is based in truth. And so it is true. Like things come into our house and then they start on the path to turning into trash because that's the reality of things. They depreciate. There are very few things in the world that truly appreciate, that truly get more valuable. Most things don't. Like what do they say about buying a new car? The minute you drive off the lot, it goes down significantly in value. I will tell you, I looked at cars. I mean, there were used cars that had like, I think it was like 61 miles on it or something. And they were selling it as a used car. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, somebody bought it. And then they brought it back. I don't understand. I'm not gonna worry about that. But like, it was in the used car category. Now, I think there's actually some other things there. And those of y'all who know more about used cars know more than me. So don't like, don't like take that as your whatever. But I'm just saying like things immediately start losing value. This is one of the reasons why it drives me bonkers and it drives everyone else bonkers. And this is the reason people are so rude on Facebook is when people are like, Hey, there's another meme. I'm just going to just quote memes. I'm just going to quote memes today. How about that? But there is about like, hey, you know, this is a beautiful couch. It's so incredibly comfortable. We've had it for six years and my 17 kids all loved it. And uh, it's been on the porch through several rainstorms and our family of raccoons lived in it, but it's blah, blah, blah. I bought it for $3,000. you are getting a great deal for $2,900. Yeah. I mean, like that couch has no value. It has value to the person who lived all that life. I know it's a meme. I know it's not real, but it, it happens, right? That's a meme because it's a real thing that you see all the time. It's like, I paid $3,000 for this. You could go to the, you know, furniture store and pay 3,500 or you could get mine that only has four or five stains on every side of the cushion and a tiny little rip over here and kind of smells like a dog. Uh, but you can get mine for 2700 Even if mine's in great condition, the reality is that if I get yours for $2,700, you are just like washing your hands and jumping around because you have $2,700. You, you know, the, the furniture store for $300 more, if it shows up damaged or if it actually, you know, stinks, then they're going to take care of that, right? 
So, but, but a lot, it, it's very hard to understand and accept that the minute something comes into our house, it starts to depreciate just because it is no longer coming from a store. The fact is that the minute you use it, it's used. Its value is significantly less, not just a little bit less. It is significantly less. Now, what does that mean? It means that we're placing the value in the using of the item. So it's one of those ways to look at things. I mean, we talk a lot around here about it's not clutter if I use it. It has value if I'm using it. If it is a comfortable place for my family to sit, even though maybe it's not the most modern style anymore, well, that's value. That's real, actual value. I understand the situation of how valuable it is for this comfortable couch to be in my home for my family to sit on. Okay. But as far as like the actual value outside of that monetary value, oh, it's depreciating. It's going down and down and down the longer that it lives in my house. All things are either appreciating or depreciating. Rarely do they just stay the same. And and appreciating can be in value because of the emotions. But it is not appreciating in emotional value if it's on the bottom of a pile. It can feel like it is. It can feel like, oh, but this thing has been on the bottom of a pile for three years and I have all these feelings about it. So it must have appreciated an emotional value, but it's not appreciating an emotional value. It's appreciating in the amount of dread that it's causing. So it's not the value that's growing while it's at the bottom of the pile. It's other feelings that are growing. Okay. It's not emotional attachment. It's not me valuing something that's growing. It's the dread. So what is the difference between that feeling of, oh, can I let that go? It's at the bottom of a pile. And that's not a feeling of appreciation. That's not emotional attachment. Emotional, real, true, growing in emotional value, appreciating an emotional value is determined by whether you treat it like you appreciate it, by, by how you treat it. Okay. There are things in my life that I really have appreciated at one time and took amazing care of. And then time happened, life happened, my life situation changed, and I no longer treated it with that same appreciation anymore. But in my mind, it still felt like it was just as valuable as it did back when I was treating it. Okay, I'm just going to tell you the story. My new digital picture frame from Aura is honestly my new favorite thing. It is a beautiful frame that displays a new photo every 10 minutes. Y'all, I'm delighted every time I walk by my beautiful Aura frame. One frame, lots and lots of photos that I can enjoy. That is a great solution for what can be a clutter problem, right? So how does one frame show so many photos? Well, I preload photos onto the frame using a super simple app that Aura has. I have also shared the app with my kids so they can add photos to my 
my frame anytime from wherever they are. Now that my kids are all traveling and moving to different cities, this is like a mama dream come true. So we are also loading up a frame with pictures for my mom for Mother's Day. It only took me two minutes to get started using my Aura app. You can upload an unlimited number of photos, invite others to share photos directly to your frame with no fees or memberships. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Use code CLEAN at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Getting the most out of your grocery dollar can be challenging these days, to say the least. Having a focused plan for meals is the very best way that I have found to stay on budget. And that is why I love Prep Dish. Every week I receive an email from Prep Dish with a meal plan and grocery list already made for me and step-by-step instructions for the one-hour prep session that sets me up for mealtime success all week long. And yes, I said one hour prep for a week's worth of dinners. That means I'm saving time as well as money. Choose from four meal plans to fit your eating style. Gluten-free, paleo, low-carb, and super fast. I really, really like Prep Dish's super fast menus, so I don't have to turn to takeout or processed convenience foods to feed my family fast. It's a game changer for working moms. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. Check out prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. This is a no brainer. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Projects. So many projects. Taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well-being a priority. Having someone to talk to, like a better help therapist, can really help. This time of year is always busy, but with my youngest child graduating from high school, we have lots of extra projects that need my attention. I know from experience that these are the times when it feels extra helpful and essential to talk through my emotions with my therapist. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed therapist. The online platform simplifies the process. It's accessible and affordable. After answering a short questionnaire, you can choose whether you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat, and you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash clean. So when I was in college, I bought a video camera. Some of y'all who are younger are like, what's the big deal about taking videos? Well, let me just tell you, back in 1996, it was a real big deal, okay? I bought a video camera. I spent, I think I spent like five or $600 or something. I don't know. I mean, I had saved up and I was buying this video camera and I videoed everything, like everything, and that last semester of college, I mean, if, I, if only I had a way to watch those videos, I would really be glad that I took them all, you know. Uh, but I did. I was videoing everything my friends did. I made videos for my brother's, you know, wedding rehearsal dinner. I, I mean, I, I, I was just, con- I, I loved it. Like, I absolutely loved making videos, okay. And the reason I say it's in the olden day, we didn't have phones, but they took videos back then. We really It was a real thing, y'all. That has not been around for all that long. That was like 11 years before that even became a thing because I think the iPhone came out in 2007, right? So 
I was constantly taking videos and I loved my video camera. I took it with me everywhere. And I would, was just so incredibly careful with it and made sure, you know, that I had it. Well, then I started teaching and my life just changed, right? Like I didn't have, I don't know. I don't know what the reason was, but I was teaching and I remember telling this other teacher, we had gone on a retreat. I told this other teacher, like, this is my video camera and I love my video camera. I take such good care of it. I love it. It is my baby. It's like my child. Well, this person had actual, you know, children. So I now know that he was very kind to not roll his eyes all the way out of his head when I said that. But anyway, so I was just like, oh, I I love this video camera so much. It's just so important to me. And then that same thing, y'all, I left that video camera in the lobby of the hotel. (laughs) And I felt like such an idiot. And I remember having this moment, though, where I was like, I maybe don't appreciate and value this thing the way that I used to, because I literally never would have left it in the lobby. And I was thankful it was still there when I went back. But I wouldn't have done that before. I literally would not have left it behind. And it made me a little bit scared to have kids because I was like, if that was my baby and I just left. Anyway, uh, that it changed. Life changed. I was in a different situation. You know, that last year of college, I was trying to record every last memory so I could hold on to it because I was, you know, going to be leaving and going into a new phase of life soon and and all. And and I was with all my theater friends who were always ready to ham it up for the camera and but life had changed and it it had depreciated in value, even though I had thought it never, ever would. But I was in a different phase of life. And the way I could tell that it had depreciated was, you know, where it ended up, right? Like that was my moment. I had left it behind. I know it's not like I don't leave things behind. That doesn't always mean that they don't have value. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying like when you feel like, oh, no, 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 I have an emotional attachment to this item. Is it an emotional attachment or is it dread? Because the real emotional attachment is according to how I really treat this item. And if it's at the bottom of a pile getting smushed and ruined, I am not treating it the way that I either thought I would or used to. Because the reality is that when I first left that video camera in the lobby, literally a few hours after telling someone it was like it was my baby, at first I thought, I mean, I had that moment of, first of all, I was like, okay, I literally just told him how this was my child and I just left it somewhere. And at the time I was like, no, 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 that can't mean it's not as important to me as it used to be. But it was an actual sign because it wasn't important, as important to me as it had been at one time in my life. I'm not saying I decluttered my video camera. I'm just saying it was a sign that the value I placed on this item was changing. Because after that, it really, truly never went because I left it behind, but leaving it behind was a sign of that, okay? So how I'm treating these items is a sign. It's a legitimate sign of whether I value it or not. And I don't always want to accept that. But when I start to realize, oh, no, it's an actual sign, and then it helps me to see, oh, 
wait, maybe I don't value this thing the way that I used to or the way that I thought I did or the way that I thought I was supposed to value it, right? Okay. Things being shoved away in boxes and piles don't count. Now, I want to say, if it's in a specific box where you know where it is, you can get to it when you need it, you can access it without tearing everything apart, okay, maybe that is how you value it. Y'all know I'm not going to be the person to say, get rid of every single box. I'm not going to be that person. But if it's like, oh, I know it's boxed up somewhere, then in reality, am I appreciating it? Or is it depreciating in that box somewhere? Because how many times y'all have that we thought we had packed away for a safekeeping and in reality, bugs got in there and now it's disgusting. Or let's just be honest. There's mouse poop. And it's like, oh, I put this up in my attic for safekeeping because it was so important to me. And in the meantime, it got nibbled on. And then whatever was nibbled was then turned into something disgusting that was also left behind, right? So that that reality check of do I appreciate it or am I letting it depreciate is important to distinguish, okay? Is it worth me putting it into a box that I'm going to know exactly where it is, be able to access it and get it when I need it, okay? Y'all know I am a big fan of using things. Even you, if I really appreciate this thing, can I use it as a decoration? Can I use it out in the open somewhere where it has a home where when I do you know, have a reason to use it. It's easy for me to find it. It's easy for me to get get to it and access it. Okay. Time makes things deteriorate. Physically, many things deteriorate over time. That's why, you know, finding a perfectly preserved, um, well, there's a Pepsi can. So I helped these guys years ago declutter in their house. And they had a Pepsi can collection and they had all these different Pepsi cans from different um, events. You know, I think there was one from maybe like the 2000 Olympics or something. Well, you know, we started looking at them and it was like, oh, well, this is something that I was told was going to be valuable someday. And that is why he had kept it. And so we looked at it and yet it was actually like completely empty even though it had never been opened because we guess somehow it, we we really don't know. It was kind of a bizarre, bizarre thing, but it was also like rusty and just sitting in there, sitting in a, in a cabinet where it was supposed to be appreciating and value. It was deteriorating. It was depreciating because of, you know, what it was like. Now we looked it up, we looked it up on eBay, found that it actually was not valuable. And so he was able to get rid of it. But things just sitting there are depreciating. They are, what was that definition again? They are diminishing in value over a period of time. They are becoming less than they used to be just by sitting there. So, you know, my husband's letter jacket from high school, 
I can't, I don't know what he lettered in. What did he letter in? I don't actually know. Whatever. Uh, but he lettered in something and his mom gave me his letter jacket that was in like a, some kind of a bag or something. And I reached in there and I pulled my hand out and it, y'all, I guess the leather sleeves of the letter jacket were some sort of oil-based, petroleum-based product, not real leather. And they had literally just turned into goo. It was so gross, right? Like, so just existing, being put away, it had turned gross, right? Sometimes things that I, I do have, I did put high value on, lose value because time marches on and things get better. So this is going to be a YouTube video at some point. So those of y'all who watch both and you don't want to be, you don't want to know ahead of time, um, you know, what the YouTube video is going to be about. Maybe you want to skip past this story, but like I recently actually needed dance shoes. Like I actually needed them. And I was like, that's good. Cause I have got some dance shoes because I had found some dance shoes at a garage sale years ago. And my actual dance shoes that I used to wear when I would dance was, you know, those, those were for people with smaller feet who haven't had babies yet. Right. Cause when you, I'm sorry to tell y'all, but when you have a baby for many of us, your feet grow and they never go back to their regular size. Right. So I couldn't wear the ones I had actually worn back when I danced, but I found these dance shoes, character shoes with heels on them at a garage sale. And they fit pretty much fit. Like they mostly fit and they were Navy blue, which is unusual for dance shoes. Like normally they're either beige or black, but I kept them because I was like, won't I be glad to have those if I ever need dance shoes? Well, guess what? I need dance shoes right now. And I went to these navy blue shoes. And I was like, well, but these navy blue shoes are going to completely limit what kind of costume I can wear with it. And so I really don't need navy blue shoes. So they didn't have the value that I thought they did. Won't I be so glad that I have these dance shoes? And yet I wasn't so glad because they were navy. And also they mostly fit, but not enough to actually dance in them. Right. And so I ordered some dance shoes, which when you order them online, you find out stuff like, they come in wide. Like they actually, some of, sometimes will come in a wide size. So I got my dance shoes and I ordered them and I was like, okay, these fit amazingly. They're perfect. And now over time, they have at least this, I think it was Capizio changed the brand to where the back of your heel is now like kind of cut out so that it doesn't dig into the back of your heel and give you a blister the way that it used to. Like it used to be really painful. And I was like, oh, so over time, sometimes things depreciate in value, even though these were perfectly wearable shoes, they depreciate in value because they ended up not being what I needed, but they also are not the cool, more modern design because there are people out there going, how can we make dance shoes better? Which means that current dance shoes, and I'm sure there's some of y'all who are like, no, they don't make dance shoes the way they used to. But I'm just saying, I really like these new ones. And I like them because of a design feature that didn't exist back in the 90s when I got my other pairs, you know, or when this pair of navy blue ones was was made, you know, that I then found at a garage sale because somebody else was decluttering them, right? 
So sometimes things depreciate in value, not because they aren't great, but just because time marches on. You know, I remember there being a motorcycle helmet that my mother-in-law wanted to give me for my kids to ride their bikes from when my husband had had a moped at some point. And it was like, yeah, but that's, you know, it was a, it was a moped helmet from 1984. You know, It's like, it probably had deteriorated and depreciated, but also like there, not that I had my kids wear a motorcycle helmet, but they wear bike helmets, you know, but there's like bike helmets were designed for my kids and the actual age and stage that they were at, which was better and more valuable than using this item that had been saved for a long time and had totally had value when it was, you know, in its prime and being used, but it wasn't as valuable as things that, you know, had current design and and current things. Getting the most out of your grocery dollar can be challenging these days, to say the least. Having a focused plan for meals is the very best way that I have found to stay on budget. And that is why I love Prep Dish. Every week I receive an email from Prep Dish with a meal plan and grocery list already made for me and step-by-step instructions for the one hour prep session that sets me up for mealtime success all week long. And yes, I said one hour prep for a week's worth of dinners. That means I'm saving time as well as money. Choose from four meal plans to fit your eating style. Gluten-free, paleo, low carb, and super fast. I really, really like Prep Dish's super fast menus. So I don't have to turn to takeout or processed convenience foods to feed my family fast. It's a game changer for working moms. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. Check out prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. This is a no brainer. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. There was a uh, question uh, in a YouTube live that I did recently where somebody was asking about, you know, donating stuff that still has tags on it uh, because of the regret that they felt over buying these items. And, you know, they'd been decluttering and then they went on a trip and they bought a bunch of things and it was actually overseas. So by the time they got home and realized, wait a minute, we don't need all this stuff. They couldn't actually take it back to the store because they'd bought it, you know, across the pond. But that was not my accent. Don't criticize that accent because it was not the accent. I just said it a little bit, you know, crisper, maybe sort of. Anyway, they were like, but I, you know, I hate to donate it now because of the value of the items. I mean, they still have their tag on them. And somebody had pointed out in the comments, which I thought was a great point, that it's good to donate it while it still has value, right? Before the fake leather sleeves turn into goo. While the helmet is still one that someone, you know, actually could wear instead of let it sit in the garage and get all crackled and become out of date and all that, you know, like there is value in letting it go while it still has value. Okay. So that 
it can still be used. That's appreciating the reality of the situation, which the reality of the situation is 10-year-old things often will no longer be able to serve their function. Not always. I'm not talking about everything. Like I said, there are some things that appreciate in value, but almost everything depreciates. It just does. So have I told you all about my grandma's store? Have I? I know I act as if y'all, I don't know if I've ever mentioned my grandma's store. So my grandma had a store in a little teeny tiny town that is now pretty much a ghost town. Uh, and it was well on its way to being a ghost town when I was a kid. Okay. Mom, if you're listening, I know it hurts your heart when people say that the town where you grew up is basically a ghost town, but it is. I mean, it just is. Anyway. So my grandma had this store and I used to get to play in it. Because, you know, if my grandma was working at her store when my mom dropped me off with her or whatever, and did not love the fact that the bathroom was outdoors. It was not an outhouse like without a flushing toilet. It had a flushing toilet, it had, but it was outside in this like cinder block building. So I did not love going to the bathroom at my grandma's store. So anyway, but I would go and I would play. And there were years, and my grandma had like 30 grandkids at the very least, and then great grandkids and all that, and she would get everybody a gift And at Christmas. And there were years where we would get stuff from her store. And my grandma was awesome. Like she was a an incredibly talented woman, okay? But this store had been a, a negative experience right? Like it was not, it did not end up being a great business decision for her and my grandpa to buy this store. So it was in a town that was, you know, not increasing in traffic and things. And she had a really hard time letting stuff go and then bringing in new stuffs. And therefore the old stuff just sat in the store which then made the store not do as well because when people came in, it was all old, out-of-date stuff. So it was kind of this weird – when I look back, I kind of wish I could go in as an adult and look at the whole situation and think about it. But as a kid, all I knew was, oh, this is, an, this is a sweater that people would have worn 10 years ago, and I am not going to wear this now. You know, like that's what I got for Christmas. And – so the reality was that the stuff was all technically brand new. Like it had never been worn by anybody. It had never been used. So so the value didn't leave, didn't it didn't depreciate in value just because, you know, somebody was out there using it. It depreciated in value because it just sat there. And because time had passed, we cannot stop time from passing. And she didn't want to put it on clearance at a time where people would actually still buy it and lose the value of the item. So, you know, if if it was supposed to be $10, she didn't want to sell it for $2 at a time where somebody might still actually buy it. Instead, she held on to it, but then ultimately it had no value, right? And so it was this example of how things lose value. And I remember because I was a kid and kids aren't that nice, right? And I was nice. I was so nice. Remember, I was the one who got put between Bucky and Jimmy. But the reality was I 
I could tell as a kid, this thing is not valuable to me. I'm not going to wear this sweater because it is at least 10 years out of date, right? And of course I feel terrible saying that now, right? But but it's the truth. I mean, it was a real life example of me getting to see, clearly it took me a long time to figure it out for myself, but getting to see how holding on to something does not hold on to its value. Its value is leaving whether I'm holding on to it or not. Okay. I hope this has been helpful at all. It, it helps me to remember that things are depreciating whether I like it or not. They're depreciating in value. And I am not truly appreciating something if I am not understanding the situation fully and recognizing the full implications of this thing staying in my house, okay? If I am not understanding the full situation that we don't have any room to walk around in here because of this item, that's the real situation. That is understanding the full situation is this is making my life harder to live, If I keep this item in here, I'm not appreciating the situation. And it's very rare that this item is actually going to be appreciating in value. And those of you who do uh, have antiques and things and you're experts in that, you know, the difference between something that appreciates in value is it being cared for and being taken care of, right? Okay. All right. I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.